0: Welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, I'm your host Ian Harditz and today we continue our team preview series with a look at the Los Angeles Rams, week one right around the corner, but we will be finishing off all 32 of these teams, make sure to go back and check out the other ones if you haven't already, we have been trying to keep these as evergreen as possible throughout the offseason. So without further ado, your 2020 Los Angeles Rams Fantasy Football Team Preview. Starts off with Jared Goff and look, I think the exact you know type of things that... The issues that you can pick up by watching any Rams game uh, are prevalent in Goff's, you know, uh, metrics from the 2019 season. So last year, he was the number 10 QB in yards per attempt when kept clean number 27 in uh, yards per attempt when he was under pressure I mean that is just he was the ninth most sensitive QB in the entire league in terms of you know difference in yards per attempt when they're kept clean versus under pressure I mean look golf was awesome in 2017 2018 McVay was scheming the perfect play he was getting to audible up until you know there's 15 seconds left on the play clock and then golf is on his own but you know continuously setting him up uh, in position to succeed and that run game was just so so good and the offensive line was great that he had all day to sit back there you know throw deep crossers and just really uh, make plays and golf has a great arm there's no denying that we've seen him reach great heights but everything needs to be perfect and you know when you look at the Rams offensive line you know they brought back 38 year old left tackle Andrew Whitworth they didn't add anything to the unit their only addition to the offensive line all off season was you know a seventh round draft pick so that's just not enough and it's one of these situations where kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, we've seen a better version of Rodgers. We've seen a better version of Goff in the past. But, you know, looking at what they did in the offseason, I just don't think that, you know, like Van Jefferson is going to be the person that's going to help out uh, Goff. I mean, you look at Brand- not having Brandon Cooks anymore. I mean, that's serious. That's that's a guy in Brandon Cooks that, you know, Brady, Breeze, and Goff himself, they've all averaged more yards per attempt with Cooks on the field than without Uh, throughout their career so you know the offensive line's bad I even have a little more concern about if they're gonna be able to you know keep teams respecting the deep ball they already weren't really doing as much last year as it was and now Cooks is gone so it's a concern. There's a path to success. Again, Golf was that great in 2017, 2018, and even in the end of last season. I mean, he Golf was the fantasy QB five during weeks 13 through 17. A lot of that was mop up. But you know, when you have an offense that is challenging, uh, you know, throw the ball more than anyone else, you can see how Golf could still be a you know okay fantasy QB in 2020, even if his real life you know status continues to stay. More around the league average range, so I've been more out on golf than not throughout you know his his career I think that's gonna continue into 2020 unfortunately just don't think they added enough pieces around him to a warrant, you know confidence in the bounce back moving on to running back so seems like it's going to be the Cam Akers show. Daryl Henderson with this uh, uh, hamstring injury doesn't look like he's going to be at 100% come week one. Rams are saying he should be ready, but I just kind of have my doubts with that. And, you know, the fact that he did miss this chunk of training camp time and seemingly, you know, pretty close – Competition, I think Akers is going to be the guy sooner rather than later. And, you know, we've seen Sean McVay, whether it's Gurley, CJ Anderson, even Malcolm Brown last year, I mean, when he picks an RB1, it's his guy. I know he said in, you know, these offseason meetings that, hey, he'd be fine with four RBs, uh, including, you know, Kelly, uh, John Kelly getting some run. I don't see it happening, guys. I mean, look, McVeigh has coached 52 games with the Rams, including the playoffs. His RB1 played at least 60% of the offensive snaps in 48 of those games. And I mean, even the four non-qualified games, there was still a lead back with a snap rate of at least 50%. So it's a situation where if Cam Akers is that guy, He is going to get fed the ball and look the offensive line isn't isn't great and we mentioned that before with golf but you know volume and getting that much potential volume for a guy that's kind of going in that mid RB20 range could be super valuable and you, you watch Akers Florida State highlights he is. Obviously not, you know, uh, it's not an unknown to him to run behind a really bad offensive line. I mean, last year, PFF did have Florida State's offensive line graded as one of the worst units in the country. I mean, we have the Rams offensive line ranked as the 25th ranked offensive line entering the 2020 season. So it's not looking like too much of a step up, but I think Akers has the chance to be a true three down guy in this backfield. I mean, Malcolm Brown. They're talking about him, you know, still kind of being the early down veteran guy, but he was never the goal line back last year. I know he had a couple scores in Week One, but even those situations were literally just, uh, you know, him being in there to spell Gurley and the offense entered the red zone on that occasion, and you know he happened to still be in the game and got those touches. But you know, vol- true, true vultures around the league. I mean, it's Taysom Hill, Josh Allen and that's honestly probably about it i'd have to think a little more about every single situation but you know true goal line backs are really not all that prevalent throughout the league bye 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 the cam acres show moving on to the wide receiver group so i've been more out on cooper cup than most throughout the industry i just don't understand why he is consistently going ahead of robert woods in drafts i know the ceiling i mean, cooper cup Before the Rams uh, buy last season was the wide receiver too in fantasy. But guess what? He was way worse after the fact. He only played 28% of the offensive snaps in week 14 before finishing the season with back-to-back 61% snap rates. I mean... Not good. He still had eighteen targets in those three games, but like that's six targets per game. That's nothing compared to what we were seeing in the first half of the season. And we're not really getting a discount on the guy with that. And you look at someone like Devonte Parker, who kind of had the inverse splits or Parker, was really rough to start the year, and then to end the year, he was the wide receiver too. Cup was the wide receiver two, and then finishes you know in the mid 20s in the second half of the year. And you know Parker is the one that's now being ranked outside the top 20 wide receivers, and Cup still kind of firmly in the top 15. And you know Matt Harmon is someone around the industry. He works at Yahoo Sports. He's been on the PFF. Fantasy Football Podcast, and you know he's someone that I really respect when it comes to uh, his opinion on wide receivers and what he does with reception perception. And you know they hear that Cooper Cup, I believe he's never ranked higher than the 11th percentile against uh, press coverage and even against man. So it's a situation where we know how good of a coach McVay is and the things he does schematically. And I think among. Everyone that's played with the Rams over the past few years, Cup is the prime example of someone that's really benefited from the scheme more than others. And look, he's a great player. I'm not trying to say he's solely a product of that scheme. I mean, that touchdown he had against the Saints – in uh, 2019 where he broke like a dozen tackles seemingly was incredible, but I just wonder, you know Without cooks there like in defense is now really focusing more attention never on cup Can he still win and with the target projections being close to Robert Woods? I I gotta take woods because woods is giving you 17 to 18 rush attempts per season uh, in addition to the target looks and cup is not Getting those same sort of opportunities. So really with wide receivers. It's only Tyree kill Robert Woods Curtis Samuel, maybe Lavisca Chenault this year, and uh, oh, I'm uh, Debo Samuel as well are the ones racking up rush attempts. My um, guy Cordero Patterson will too, but you know he's, he's he's actually a running back. And then we got Tavon Austin uh, hitting the IR uh, from the 49ers. So those are really the only rushing wide receivers. And Woods is right there. He's just so steady. I mean, the only guys with more only wide receivers. With more games over the past two seasons, with at least five plus catches and you know 50 receiving yards, are DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas. I mean, I know there's a kind of you know arbitrary uh, thresholds, but truly Woods is like that king of you have him in your fantasy lineup, and he's never going to tank a week. You're going to look there, you get your solid floor every time, and the ceiling's perfectly good too. I mean, he's worked as the PPR wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 14 over the past two seasons. I've I've had a Woods as, you know, wide receiver one throughout the offseason, Cups closer to that wide receiver two borderline. I mean since twenty ten we have four point three teammates Per season that, you know, finish as top 24 PPR wide receivers. I do think the Rams, you know, are perfectly capable of enabling one of those teams this year. I just kind of worry about their chances of, you know, enabling two top 12 wide receivers like, uh, you know, they were more capable of doing in past years. So Woods, you know, very high on Cup, not so much. Josh Reynolds might have even lost his spot in three wide receiver sets to Van Jefferson. We'll see. Reynolds is a better Kind Of field stretcher, seemingly, than Jefferson, who projects actually more to kind of a Cooper Cup esque role. But we'll see what happens there. I know some people in best ball, you know, were prioritizing Reynolds, but I think McVeigh is an example of a coach where he's going to do what his kind of personnel. Uh, will lead to and what will give the ch- uh, team the best chance to succeed I mean, I don't think we can just look at what Brandon cooks did and the targets He got and immediately assume those are gonna go to Reynolds or Jefferson I think it's gonna be a new look offense and we saw that, you know mentioning those splits before and after the buy the big problem was that, you know, the Rams dropped from being the first most uh, uh, Highest usage offense in three wide receiver sets pre-buy and they went to 12th post-buy So, you know, that's not good for your wide receiver three if Higbee and Everett could be out there more so Reynolds and uh um are and Jefferson not guys. I'm looking to prioritize even in you know best ball formats But if you do want to you know fire up the old best ball make sure you do it at underdog fantasy code PFF Cannot recommend enough getting Robert Woods, you know in that round five range even sometimes as everyone's out there, you know trying to take uh, David Johnson or Todd Gurley or one of these, you know, potentially washed up running backs You can just snag Robert Woods there lock that borderline wide receiver up or, or early So code PFF underdog fantasy now for the main event Tyler Higby my goodness i mean the guy got a 4 year 29 million dollar contract extension last year and didn't even really make all that much sense. I mean, nothing against the guy's ability as, you know, a blocker, but Gerald Everett was just always kind of viewed as, you know, McVay's kind of new look Jordan Reed and the superior receiving option. And, you know, he Everett did have the bigger games, you know, earlier in the year. He had several boom performances in the first eight, nine weeks, then he got hurt. And even though he was active for a couple of those games down the stretch, wasn't playing any sort of snaps and Higby, my goodness, dude. He finishes with 7 catches, 107 yards, touchdown, 7 catches, 116 yards, 12 catches, 111 yards, 9 catches, 104 yards, 8 catches, 84 yards, and a tutty to end the season. 11.2 targets per game along the way. Just absolutely madness. I mean, truly the most... Dangerous splits in fantasy because before that he'd done almost nothing throughout his career in terms of just splash performances as a receiver. So with Higby, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I have him ranked as you know a top eight tight end as well, but I don't know if I've come away with them in almost any drafts because I'm not going to spend up you know and use a pre-top ten round pick on the guy because who knows what we're getting? I think Everett is probably going to split snaps way more than he did last year uh, during that stretch with him and with you know, Cup and Woods seemingly being the top two guys. I think you're expecting Higby to be this you know, super prolific number three option. I just don't think the Rams offense is probably going to be good enough in 2020 to enable more than one or two kind of high-end fantasy assets. So I'm selling Higby at that absurd cost, if you're in a super flex. Or not if you're in a tight end premium league or two tight end league or anything like that, you know take a long look at Gerald Everett towards the back because you know he is one of those underrated tight ends where one injury away from being kind of a weekly, uh, fancy tight end one option, and even if that doesn't happen, he's still capable of supplying some solid weeks. So Everett definitely the better value there. Moving on to the ranks, I have Jared Goff as my QB 17, one spot behind Aaron Rodgers, one spot ahead of Gardner Minshew i understand like I'm, I'm probably a little lower than i should be i, I wouldn't mind you know sliding him ahead of daniel jones kind of looking at things again but there's no rushing floor i just worry with the offensive line not doing anything better you know maybe we just get some bad games where the rams are you know playing from behind and golf just has to throw but i have a hard time seeing golf just really taking that next step up into you know higher up in the kind of overall real-life quarterback rankings and, you know, overcoming the adversity that I think is on his way. So, Goff is not someone I've prioritized throughout the offseason. Cam Akers is my RB26, one spot behind Kareem Hunt, one spot ahead of Antonio Gibson. This is after, uh, this is being recorded after, you know, the news of Adrian Peterson being released. And, yeah, Akers, I just think that he has that kind of sneaky chance to seize that big role, and I mean, honestly, Akers could be a few spots up. He is someone I would look to prioritize in that round, you know, maybe even round four, pro- especially round five. If you see Cam Akers, that should be an auto draft. Uh, Not someone I'm going to reach on. I mean, this is still a situation I could utilize, multiple backs. Henderson is, is now for the whole season or anything like that. But Akers, you know, does have one of the softer spots up. The depth chart, how fancy-friendly will that be behind that offensive line remains to be seen, but the touches should Uh, be there sooner rather than later. Daryl Henderson is my RB43, one spot behind Tariq Cohen, one spot ahead of Duke Johnson. You know, Tariq, I got James White just ahead of him. I think their standalone value is going to be high enough to overcome anything Henderson is going to do. Whereas, you know, he does have a better chance, I think, than like a Duke Johnson, Boston Scott, even a Zach Moss. of eventually, uh, maybe getting that three down roll. But again, I do think Akers is the favorite. It is in Henderson's potential range of outcomes, though. Robert Woods, my wide receiver 11, one spot behind Chris Gov and one spot ahead of Calvin Ridley. Look, he's been the wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 14. There's no cooks there. I think Woods is you know more equipped to deal with that loss better than Cup. And you know don't sleep on those rushing attempts. I mean Woods is just one of these guys that he keeps getting top 10, top 15 wide receiver volume, and that's why he's putting up top 10, top 15 wide receiver seasons. So don't expect that to change. Uh, Cooper Cup, wide receiver 24. One spot behind DK Metcalf, one spot ahead of Tyler Lockett. I mean, you know, Lockett versus Cup's a fair uh, conversation. I, I I don't know exactly why I decided to split up those Seahawks receivers uh, with Cup in the middle like that, but I would prioritize, you know, Metcalf. I think his uh, just potential ceiling for double-digit scores is higher than Cup, and you know, maybe McVay gets back to just absolutely crushing it. But you also have to wonder at some point, like how much. Has the league figured him out and maybe Cooper Cup along with that? So a little bit concerning there. Uh, tight end, Tyler Higbee is my tight end six, one spot behind Evan Ingram, one spot ahead of Rob Gronkowski. As I've been preaching on this, you know, I'm getting Kittle, Kelsey Andrews, one of them. If I don't, I am waiting well into double digit rounds, targeting guys like Chris Herndon, John o. Smith, Blake Jarwin before I'm, you know, even going to think about reaching on someone like Tyler Higbee. So moving on to the win total. You know, in the NFC West, we're seeing the clear favorite, the San Francisco 49ers at 10.5 wins, and then we have the Cardinals at 7.5, the Rams at 9, and uh, yeah, I just think that 9 is far, far, far too high, everyone. I mean... That offensive line, the defense should still be fine. I mean, Aaron Donald, I think it's hard to have a bad defense when you have Aaron Donald out there. And Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, I I would put him and Marshawn Lattimore, I think, as the favorites around the league, where, like, once Gilmore is done being the league's single best cornerback, I think Jalen Ramsey or Marshawn Lattimore will eventually rise up to that spot. So, you know, can they be better than the Cardinals? Probably, but you also got the Seahawks there at nine wins as well. I think the Seahawks are a more complete team, with a better QB under center than uh, than the Rams. So I'm, it's confusing to even see their win totals in the same spot. And the Rams should pretty clearly be the number three team in this division. And for that reason, I'm pretty confidently going under nine wins for Los Angeles Rams. So that's going to do it, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Ian Hardy. This has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And take care. Until next